believe you had posted something on LinkedIn about uh-huh. layoffs. And yeah, when I yeah, saw that, yeah. I said, okay, this was a couple months, maybe like a month or two ago when there was a bunch yeah. of layoffs in the news, I think at the beginning of the year. Oh, and yeah. I said, I want to talk with him about his thoughts on what's going on in the tech industry regarding layoffs. Um, it's interesting that you say that because one, I'm kind of reaping the benefits of it. I, through those posts, I've had 20 plus former Amazon engineers reach out and uh, we're putting, we just had a guy sign today, uh, former SD3, which is awesome win for us. And we're putting on another offer for a former Amazon engineer uh, here shortly. What, what I thought was intriguing was the timing that all of them did it. And if you look, I mean, you've been in, in this industry a long time, you see how expensive engineering resources are getting and, and talk about inflation, right? That's hurting businesses like ours because, you know, a smaller company, smaller revenue company can't compete with that type of compensation. We just, we can't, right? Um, whether it comes with, you know, almost free benefits, all the stuff that they do in the offices, full remote, you name it. Small businesses can't compete for that. And so that makes it very difficult now for any uh, anybody else to get a competitive advantage and hire really talented engineers because everyone thinks they're that valuable, right? And, you know, earlier, well, come last year, if you, if you re- recall, Amazon had finally made a commitment to increase total compensation. It was right around when they did the 20 for one stock split. And I thought that interesting as well, because they had been so balanced on, you know, ownership, you know, set base, a little bit of a sign on bonus spread over the first couple of years, and then everything else is all equity. Uh, and then they were changing that and, you know, finally bumping people's salaries up because they too were having a hard time maintaining their current engineering talent as well as, you know, competing in the industry because it had somewhat become a rinse and repeat. You know, you bounce between, uh, you know, the, the Amazons, the Metas, the, the Facebooks, the Googles, uh, or the, the Microsofts, the Googles. Um, and so all of a sudden then, you know, sharp turn left, it's like, wait, let's let go of all this stuff. Uh, and it, it's very odd to me because there was really no rhyme or reason. So I know from uh, actually former employees of mine, um, you're talking, uh, senior managers and above, um, SD threes, which are, you know, somewhat unicorns, right. In the industry and they're being let go and they're not even trying to repurpose them. So it was, it was, it seemed like it was, I don't want to say unplanned, but it was certainly not like calculated, uh, and they were just killing off business units, if you will, because there was a lot of Alexa layoffs as well. And, and I found that interesting too, because, you know, Amazon had always prided itself on having engineers and, and anybody at the company have that option of, you know, come here, join a team and then stay with us because you can switch jobs everywhere. So it's a long, I, I'm kind of giving you all the backstory because I feel like it was a, in a way, um, Amazon saying, you know what, engineers, um, we got to take back control of this situation and we've got to kind of like reduce the overall cost of this type of talent. Um, I think it, you know, and again, a little bit of a conspiracy theory, I'm going to throw that out there, but I do think it has a correlation to that because the talent's getting too expensive and, you know, everybody in that industry, everybody on the, the left coast, if you will, is starting to leverage everyone else and everybody else's offers. Um, you know, to, to jump ship. And so I, I do think that when in a way it was like them kind of setting a recalibration because 
it was a lot of engineering talent that got let go. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, peanut butter spread across different roles and, um, and the like. So it wasn't entire products. They just ditched mostly engineers within different products. From, from what I see, it was, it was entire products, but it was mostly engineers in those products because the majority of the talent in those product lines is engineers. Yeah. And so, and again, like I said, it was, it was, there wasn't a real good justification. It wasn't, you know, a lot of, for example, a lot's been talked about in, in, uh, in the, in the press about how, um, Amazon does their, uh, review process and, you know, the kind of the ranking system and and look, everybody does this. It's just everybody wants to pick on Amazon. Um, and it would have made more sense if they took that model to reduce staff, uh, basically saying, Hey, we've got a certain amount of top tier. We've got a certain amount of, you know, middle talent. And then let's look at this reduced tier of folks and, you know, go back to each, each of the organizations and kind of say, Hey, here's, here's what we, you need to do, but axing entire products or business units. That was very odd in my mind. Very odd. And my mind is not odd at all. Yeah. I'd love to hear more. Because I would just look at the PNL and see sure. how different products are doing, and if I have to make cuts, then I'm just going to pull up the PNL and say, you know, cut the things that are underperforming. If they were performing well and they cut, that would be interesting, right? If the product was profitable and they cut it instead of cutting a less profitable product, that might be kind of interesting. Yeah, um, I just thought what, the part about it that I thought was. Uh, I thought interesting. It wasn't, you know, stopping and doing things that weren't producing value that I get. And I agree with you on that. It was not looking at the good, like the top talent that remained in those verticals to ensure that, wait a second, we're not just killing a business unit and losing the talent. Um, so I had SDE three recs open for two years. <laughs> At, at Amazon and wasn't able to hire them, you know. So them, them keeping, because I'm tracking with you. First of all, there's... Yeah. I, I'm agreeing with you on a lot of things. First of all, I love a good conspiracy. Secondly, <laughs> I've got my own sort of cons- conspiracy about why they did it from from my perspective. But I like that that you mentioned about the these these recs and being open and them not doing keeping talent. So <clears throat> when I think about that, I'm like, all right. They made they made these cuts and they didn't choose to be particular about right. keeping their top talent, and that says to me that it was you know somewhat of an emergency, like a quick reaction to something. And so then I think, okay, well, what's the quick reaction to? Well, from my perspective, for the government was giving us so much money <clears throat> to keep and certain employees. Mm-hmm. It's literally called the ERC, Employee Retention Credit. Yep. They just give you massive tax breaks on your payroll tax and they'll actually give it back to you. Very rarely does this happen in the tax code, but they'll, they'll actually give you back the check or credit it towards payroll tax, which is a huge deal. So they were doing that for two years, maybe more. And then they just, they stopped it, right? At the same time, you have the Fed increasing interest rates because too many people have too many jobs. So yep. what I think happened, it's, it's my conspiracy is that <laughs> these executives sat up there and they said, because this is what I would do if I were in their position, right? They said, look, we're losing all this tax credit. So we have to rebalance our budgets because we're losing a huge chunk of cash that's going to come in. Because I don't know, for most of the businesses, I would argue that human capital is the greatest expense. Right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So 
So now you're going to lose this huge credit against keeping all these people. So then you have to figure it out. So that's one incentive. Another incentive is the Fed keeps raising interest rates under the argument that the job market's too hot. And then the third reason is these engineers are just crazy because this has gone nuts. I never planned, Brian, when I joined the economy, essentially, it was around 2009 (laughs) when the real estate crash happened. So I got this uh, specific view that it was you have a bunch of talent and then you just have to figure out what to do with that talent. Right. I never thought my business would face struggles of just everyone's paying everyone more. And so I can't keep people because the moment they start, they get a better offer somewhere else. And then you can't even get anything done. Uh, And I never thought that my business would struggle. And it did a few years ago with the idea that I just can't retain them, not because of culture or because of benefits, just because of straight pay, just the amount of pay they'll get. Yeah. And, and so that that hurts. So those are all my my things. I think there's I think your conspiracy is part of like a triple incentivized conspiracy, right? Reduce the the headcount so that makes the Fed happy. Yeah. Right. Reduce the headcount because you're losing your federal credits anyways. And that's a huge chunk of change. And then, you know, reduce it to keep the engineers salaries in better alignment. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said. I was you know, I wasn't aware of the ERC. Um, but yeah, given the amount of people that they employ, uh, that's obviously a significant payday, right? <laughs> yes. You know, lose, losing that essential free income, uh, it certainly can hit people. Um, and, and there was a little bit of that before, like right when you came in, because at that point in time, um, the administration then had reduced payroll taxes as well. And it oh. went over the course of like two or three years. Um, and that was both for the payroll tax, like the employer, as well as it reduced the employee's contributions. So we were all making more money. And that was because of, you know, the economy at that point in time. So I do remember, like, even personally, I remember, crap, uh, I'm, I'm going to start paying more again. I don't really like, I don't really like this. So yeah, from an employer side, when you're, you know, your human capital expenses, as much as the, all of their companies are, that's definitely a hit. And you know, the returns for them as a business are not what they were. It's not a guarantee anymore. Um, you know, when, when you went in, uh, most of your compensation was based off of, you know, 20% growth year over year. And, you know, that's not happening anymore. When I saw the deep fake, I also at the same time saw this thing where I could upload several hours of my voice, which we have because these are separate tracks. And then it could mimic from text, like with inflection and all of this stuff, uh, creepily accurate. And so I said, okay, well, they've got the video and I've got hundreds of hours of a video of me and my face and my movements. And I've got hundreds of hours of clean, crisp SMB7 audio. How long until I can make a digital twin of Joel that could run an interview with chat GPT questioning and the other person doesn't know? Wow. Because I want to see if I could put myself out of business, right? Like, how do you do that? So that's an interesting thing. That's the biggest fear, right? With with AI, everybody's afraid of losing their jobs. And I and I was talking to somebody about this this week. In fact, an interview candidate, I was talking to him about it. Like, hey, how do you think AI is going to disrupt your industry? And I said, it will. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, and for things that don't require legal terminology, medical terminology, it can be very disruptive right now. Um, but what I said was, and it's, and it's exactly along the lines of what you just said is, this is only going to help us do other things, right? So 
you know, go back to like multiplicity of the movie. What you just described as multiplicity, you're like, well, crap, I can run my business based off of a deep fake of me with all this audio, asking the right questions. And at the same time, I'm going to be over, you know, having family time or, you know, doing the next adventure or the next, you know, business that I want to start. That's how I look at it too, is, you know, robots have been replacing humans forever. And yet, you know, you, we talked about this earlier, yet we're at 3% unemployment, which is like unheard of. So it's not replacing everything. Uh, we're coming up with different ways to better use our time. And so I just look at AI as the quintessential automate the manual processes, right? Anything that's manual and repeatable, you should be looking at automating. That's a portion of it. Like it's certainly a stretch, you know, to to say that. But if there's ways in which I can have ChatGPT or the next evolution of that start to replace, um, you know, certain functions of my life, hell yeah, I'm all in, right? Because you know, my brain works twenty plus hours a day, and I'd love to be doing, you know, I, I'd love to be putting my mind to other things with the knowledge that, you know, I can. Uh, execute more effectively by using a software system such as that to do some remedial tasks. Like, have you bounced example, ideas off of GPT? Like oh, problem have, solving? Yeah. Did it yeah, come up with anything good or no? Uh, it came up with some high level stuff. So I've, I'd been toying with building something on, on my end. Um, so I'm an avid collector. I'm a huge vinyl collector and, um, I used to always catalog everything and, um, uh, I've gotten really lazy in my cataloging because I'm, I'm rarely home. And it's, it's, uh, it's something that takes my focus, um, because I'm super meticulous, like, you know, vinyl comes with inserts and all this kind of stuff. And the way that I catalog everything, I want it to be very specific about, uh, exactly what I have, including condition. And so <clears throat> I wanted to start developing a QR code system to where, as I receive it, you know, it's basically an inventory management system. I can produce a QR code, um, based off of the UPC, if there is one, or potentially based off of uh, scanning the image of the record itself, and then automatically converting that into the essentially the database record for my inventory on an AWS S3 bucket. Uh, and so I I asked ChatGPT, I said, build this for me, and I was really shocked at how detailed and step driven it got. But in the matter of 15 seconds, I had 25 different steps of, you know, how to go about configuring it in the console, recommendations on the specific AWS services that they would use that they, um, that, you know, you should yeah. use to be able to build it. And from a high level architecture, it was pretty damn accurate. Um, so, and that was a pretty ambiguous ask, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So I was, I was digging it. And that's why I said, you know, that's why I started looking at I'm like, well, crap, like, let's start using this as code reviews. Code reviews is one of my biggest blockers. You know, um, it's a resource constraint. Nobody wants to do it. It's administrative work. If I could use that as, as my code review engine, I'd save, you know, at least 15 hours a week uh, of engineering productivity. So that's where I want to get into it. And then plus, you know, like I said, doc documentation is always a, a, a challenge. So you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to just automatically produce documentation for our, uh, our architecture and, and good documentation. And yeah, yeah. Good documentation. Good right? documentation. That yeah. basically just generate automatically generates, you know, a knowledge base for any engineer that's coming on board. And it's like, by the way, go over here, done. You don't have to worry about, 
you know, spending time with uh, another engineer, saving me some pair programming time, all that kind of stuff. So I see definite opportunities of incorporating that into our natural workflows.